Welcome to the Infinite Love Podcast, a place where we talk about the power of love and its creative expression in our lives. We talk about all things related to growth, positivity, and kindness. And I am your host, Corinne Kamara. Episode 75, Falling in Love with Your Mojo. I love conversations about love, and today we are talking about the hurdles that are stopping us from self-love, fear being the biggest hurdle. Allison Sutter is an author, intuitive, and spiritual mentor. Her online classes in visualization, abundance mindset, intuition, and more have reached over 5,000 students worldwide. Her signature online course, book, and one-to-one mentorship program is called Accelerate Your Mojo, Seven Simple Steps to Initiate Intuition, Shake Off Fear, and Unleash the Real You. Allison has spent her whole life feeling as if she wasn't enough, never good enough, smart enough, pretty enough, rich enough, emotions we all feel. That feeling impacted all her experiences from what she studied in college to how she conducted herself in relationships and beyond. In this episode, Allison shares her path to being in alignment with her true self and the state of being called love of self. Let's get into it. Hello and welcome to the Infinite Love Podcast. Today I have a beautiful guest, Allison. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. And I started out the podcast talking about love. Like, what is your love story and your journey of falling in love with yourself and using your experience and your knowledge to then be of service in the world with the work that you do? Yeah, that's, um, if you read that as a novel, there'd be a lot of drama. <laughs> it'd be very, it would be a very dramatic story. Um, I... I had a lot of disembodied sensation when I was younger, starting at age 11, a lot of anxiety, a lot of stress. Um, There wasn't the concept of understanding self did not exist. And and it was partly, you know, I was born in 1970. So partly it was the culture, partly it was um, my family, partly it was me, but I didn't, really start thinking in terms of self-love until after I was 40. I'm 51 now. So it was mostly a journey of self-loathing, self-doubt for most of my life. And I saw that express itself through anxiety and panic attacks and, and all different kinds of, you know, hard expressions like that that were difficult to manage. But then when I was in my 40s, because of how I transitioned through different teaching realms, I started out in education and then I went to, um, was a stay-at-home mom for a little while. And then I did some training in holistic health to get some certifications. And as I went through this journey, what I realized, probably the most pivotal point was when I was trying to follow someone else's script, someone else's methodology. And my anxiety was getting so bad that I'm like, I cannot I just can't I'm going to I'm just going to deteriorate and and cease to exist if I continue to follow someone else's drumbeat and so 
around uh, when I started to develop, you know, a relationship with self that was healthy, it was beginning of 40s. And then into about 45 was when I started to really understand what this concept of love meant. And then it was sort of like a reverse domino where things connected all through my past where I realized there had been uh, experiences of self-love along the way, but I didn't recognize them and I didn't understand the power of them until I got to a place where it was like at least 51% of my energy was put into this concept called love, self-love, self-love, other, other types of things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, but for me, ultimately what that means now is understanding that I am a love based non-physical consciousness expressing itself in a physical reality at the moment. And it sounds complicated, but when my mom died when I was 20 of cancer and we were, we were there, when she transitioned fully, there was a moment after she transitioned where I had this awareness. Oh, when we transition, it's all love, all of, all of the stuff, all of the turmoil, all of the upheaval, all of the drama, all of the stuff that we perceive through the physical lens does, doesn't exist when we're only looking through the non-physical lens. So I had that awareness when I was 20 and then it percolated, you know, I sort of understood it. I kind of, I didn't understand it. Um, but now I fully understand it to, to the degree to which I can, and I'll understand it more, but I understand that we are love. That is literally the word for what we are to the best that we can understand it. I love that. You know, it's interesting because, <clears throat> you know, we work so hard to, uh, to get all this stuff, buy a house, mm -hmm. get a car, and all this wealth and Everything that, you know, our modern society says that you should have. Yeah. But at the bottom line, all that matters is love. When somebody's dying, they're not like, oh, my house, my car. They're like, <laughs> you know, well, maybe some people are. But a majority <laughs> of people are like, they want family. They want loved mm -hmm. ones around them. Because ultimately, that's the only thing that matters. It is. It's the connection to self and the connection to other. That is the only thing that matters. Mm -hmm. And it's what we get to play with through thinking that it doesn't matter for certain right. points in our life or disregarding it. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the whole process. We disregard it. We go, oh, whoops, that was a mistake. We go back and then we do it again. We go, whoops, that was a mistake. And we do it again. It's like we play this game to understand that it is what we are, love and light. It is what we're all ultimately seeking is acceptance of self, right? Acceptance of of the love that we are. and And we're here just to, sort of wade through the muck and figure it out yeah you know it's also very i think it's it sounds so simple it's like oh yeah love yourself love others and but i feel like it's probably the hardest thing to do because in order to love ourselves and love people we have to acknowledge all the, this negativity that's surrounding us that society perpetuates and also forgive it, have compassion for it. And also like, it's like swimming upstream up a mountain all the time. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And I think that was ultimately what the experience with my mom transitioning was all about was ha to having that fundamental recognition, because if that's your, if that's your point of stability, you don't get triggered by the other stuff as much as you might be otherwise, because True. all of the negativity is just a trigger. It's a trigger to show us you know, what kinds of beliefs that we've bought into that we're not enough, that we can't have what we want, that, you know, 
um, that we aren't all deserving and equal as human beings, like all of these triggers that we have, um, the negativity plays all of that. So ultimately, so we can come back to this concept and what we, we do come back to it ultimately when we die, when we transition back to non-physical, we have that realization that, you know, it was all about diving so far into the sense of disconnection, the, the sense of darkness that we had to come back and swim through the, the murky underwaters to figure out that we're actually the light. I mean, that's mm-hmm. what we're doing. We've, we've seemed to have some form of amnesia because we're looking through this lens of limitation called physicality. And as we do that, we're all sort of coming to the back to the surface little by little going, oh, wait, oh, wait, I don't have to do all that. I don't have to invest in a sense of fear, you know, a sense of, you know, not being able to get what I want to need in this reality. Yeah. And I think the pandemic is really what showed me that. It was like Mm -hmm. probably the biggest gift from this time was like, oh, wait, I don't have to go down this path of fear and hatred and craziness and division and all of this. Mm -hmm. I could figure out a way to love myself and create a completely different reality that does not include this madness. Um, And, you know, hence the podcast. And I'm just like shifting my life and moving forward because I'm like, you know, life is short. I have a limited time to do my mission and I can't bo- be boggled down by my own fear. Cause I, my, I was so fearful of, of other things, not of getting sick, but just mm-hmm. of being accepted, not being rejected. Am I going to be loved? Are people going to see me? But, blah, 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 blah. you know, all these fears, mm-hmm. a fear of being successful, which I always think is such a crazy one because we all mm-hmm. want to be successful, but then to be afraid of the success is such a mind just such a mind twirl um, yeah there's that one so all these fears and it's like okay wait a minute covid happened and i'm like wait so i'm gonna like i have to like move forward <laughs> this is like so it's so crippling fear is so crippling it is and i think we're in a place where if we just stand back and ob- observe the universe that we're living in at the moment we're really as a global consciousness telling ourselves pick one pick a lane pick fear pick love mm-hmm. because depending on what you pick will be what you experience mm-hmm. pick one there there's there's so many ways in which you could just pick fear right now don't pick it because that is, is if you pick the lane of fear you will be manifesting a reality in which it's all encompassed in fear if you pick love you're going to see a reality in which you are love you are loved you are lovable the abundance is real like pick one you can have either, you can have one or the other, but or you can't have them both because if you pick, you know, you're going to have 51% of something. So pick one. And I, I resonate with the people that pick love. Yeah. Me too. I resonate with. <clears throat> yeah. It's, um, yeah, you, you're right. You, there's only two choices. <laughs> and so, yeah, I mean, everything else is a derivation of that. Doubt mm-hmm. is a derivation of fear. Anxiety is a derivation of fear. Like anger, you know, yeah. anger, appreciation is a derivation of love it's like it's all a spectrum and it's really there's only two piles they're just variations of this of those two piles well you know what's difficult is when people are so bogged down by their own fear and then the fear of the world compounds their own inner fear and then Mm -hmm. everything they do becomes painful and 
I feel like there's so many people, so many of my clients are in that space where they're just like, I, I don't, they're frozen. They, I don't know yep. what to do. Like, I'm completely frozen. Like, the world's mm-hmm. crazy. I'm crazy. My kids are crazy. Everyone's crazy. <laughs> like, what do I do? <laughs> you know, and, and that's, and it's so, it seems so simple. And I'm like, you know, this is the moment where you really need to start incorporating love as a healing energy for yourself. Mm-hmm. The world's crazy. Your kids are crazy. Everyone's crazy. You can be the eye of the storm. Mm-hmm. You can find yeah. a way to become the eye of the storm. Yeah. As you're talking, I'm thinking about like, if you were sitting in a dark room and there was no light except for one pin prick, you know, cause that's what it feels like when you're talking about everything's crazy. It feels like a dark room, but there's one pin prick of light. What do you focus on? You focus on the fact that there's darkness or you focus on the pin prick of light. You focus on the light, right? And you, and you right. enlarge that connection to the light which shines and then you see that oh wait it's not all as bad as i thought it was there's actually this and this it's like focus of attention is massive you it's an avalanche you are either going to be encompassed by one or the other and you can get out of the 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 darkness or the the sense of being overwhelmed one little thing my pillow feels really nice today i really every morning i get up i'm like i love feeling warm in bed like I just, I just sit there like this feels so good. That's the pinprick of light in your craziness of world. If you just, and then that becomes two things, which become four things, which become eight things, which become 16 things. Like it multiplies depending on where you focus your energy because it replicates itself. It's it's got an attractive principle in the thought realm as well as the physical realm. Yeah. And appreciation and gratitude, I feel like are great ways to grow that light yeah i could appreciate oh my god there's this tiny bit of light and oh my god it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger and (laughs) the negativity is so intense like i totally i get it it's intense and uh, sometimes it does feel like there's no light which would really kind of in the laws of nature doesn't really even happen Mm -hmm. like the whole yin and yang principle one is always in the other so even mm-hmm. in the complete darkness, there's always a certain level of light somewhere. Even in, in nature, there's always going to be moonlight or light from the stars. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's rare to get that complete, complete darkness. And even if you do, it's only for moments. There's, you know, even at midnight when it's at the or the middle of the night when it's the darkest of the night, and you know it's going to shift and the light's mm-hmm. coming. So I feel like if people can get into that space of like nothing is permanent, the world is spinning. Mm-hmm. It's going to shift. That has always helped me when I'm in those dark, dark places. I know it's not going to last. I'm like, okay, it feels this way now, but it's going to shift. It has to shift because everything It shifts. always shifts. Everything shifts. It always shifts. Yeah. So nothing is permanent. So mm-hmm. once I was able to get into that space of like enduring that level of like darkness or pain, I'm like, okay, it's going to shift. Mm-hmm. Nothing's, you know, I'm not, I don't have to worry about it. And the same when you're extremely, extremely happy, right? Where we have these like, oh my God, ah! Oh my god it's so amazing mm-hmm. you can appreciate it but you also know it's going to shift of course <laughs> i mean contrast it contrast is a principle of physics right contrast is two things that are different right so this yeah. is a governing principle of this reality it, it's not that when stuff happens it's because we're bad people that we're unlucky no one's put a curse on you like it's it's a principle of the universe in order for things to expand there has to be differentiation there has to be the contrast and the variable and in the in the and the, you know, like the, the consistent in this sort of eighth grade science experiment is you, right? 
And then if you are the constant light and, and things are going to hot and cold are going to seem to exist because you are the love. And when you de- when you deviate from that and you go into fear, you can feel fear because love is always present. That's the constant, right? The only way you can feel fear is because that other thing is it's relativity. Right. It, it's a physics principle. So when it feels like your fear, I mean, the one thing that, that helped me sort of, you know, metaphorically dig my way out was that I had to have the realization, wait, I can't feel fear unless love is present. It's, it's impossible because there'd be no meaning to fear. I wouldn't know where I was geographically in the vibrational landscape. I have no clue. There'd be no marker. But I was like, wait, there's a stream of well-being streaming through me because I'm non-physical consciousness all the time. It never deviates from that state. It's never gone. Even though I can experience disconnection as an experience, it's never gone. So I had to be like, hmm, all right, I don't feel good, which means this other thing is present. Well, wait a second. If it's present all the time, I can go back to it at any point. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what would that look like? And I had to sort of play with this idea in my reality and look at things that look like they weren't working out or look like they were all caving in or like, huh. All right. So I'm looking at that. I don't like it, but I can feel that I don't like it and I can feel separate because this other thing is present. Well, wait a second. I got, you know, so I played this whole game yeah. and, and I, you know, with myself. You know, one of the things that you were mentioning that um, <clears throat> I think is important is feeling like life is doing something to you, like being, you're not being cursed and all of this stuff. And that kind of goes into this victim space of feeling like mm-hmm. all these things are being done to me, which I'm a, an emotion I'm very, very well, well versed in, the victim. And shifting away from that. You know, so, you know, you talked about not feeling good enough, like your personal story of how do you transition. And I feel like a lot of those negativities that we have around ourselves is partly is because we feel like we're a victim to life. Mm-hmm. How did you shift your mindset around being a victor as opposed to staying a victim? So for me, my interest is in understanding our 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 essence of non-physical consciousness. And what I had to do was understand what does that mean to me? What is my relationship with this idea of consciousness, spirituality? Um, and for me, I had to also understand a new way of looking at this thing called positive and negative because, because negative feels like it's bad. It feels like, Oh my God, everything's gone wrong. I'm a victim. Things are happening to me. People are inserting things in my reality. I don't like it. That's the, that's the concept of negative. Positive is the opposite. Um, and most of the time, through the human lens, we look at that with judgment, bad, bad, good, good. You know, um, I had to start to look at it in terms of a structure of energy, like the way it was formed. And what we typically call negative energy, the structure is a very isolating structure. It's a constrictive structure. It keeps things separate. That's the structure of the energy. So when you're feeling that way, I had to be like, all right, I'm actually, my consciousness is experiencing itself, feeling constricted, feeling like the flow isn't there, feeling like things have gone wrong versus positive is a term of expansion. It's the structure of it, like architecture is an inclusive energy. It's an expansive energy. It's an abundance sense of energy. So when I was in an experience, I'd be like, all right, so I'm creating for myself a sense of expansion by the way I'm funneling consciousness through a structure. 
And so I had to just be in my regular life and have things happen. Like, I don't know, not enough money or somebody said something bad about me or like, whatever, be in that experience and feel the constriction, feel the negativity and be like, oh, I'm doing this. Nobody has done anything to me. I'm looking at something that I don't like and I'm constricting my energy. Right. I'm doing this. No one has done anything to me. And then I'd go over here and I'd be like, oh, I really like that. That feels really good. So I'm creating a sense of expansion. Um, there's a series of books called the Seth series by Jane yeah. Roberts. I love those books. Do you know it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I started with those books and I started to figure out how we create our own reality from this standpoint of consciousness experiencing itself. So I've done years of figuring, well, how does it look like? What, what does my life look like? And how do I experience and create it? When I'm having this kind of energy in relationship to this concept, you know, I remember for years I would pay my bills and I'd be so pissed. <laughs> I'd be mad at giving money to the bill payer, right? Cause it didn't seem like there was enough. So I had to be like, all right, so I'm paying the bills and I'm creating a sense of constriction. Okay. So if I want this to change, I have to fundamentally change how I feel about this experience. Mm-hmm. Right. And then I had to just understand, like, you know, there's a, use analogies and think about analogies. Like if you go to the buffet, um, no food jumps on your plate, never does, never will, right? We all know that, we get it, it makes sense. You have to take that analogy and turn to your life and be like, no food jumps on my plate. Well, wait a second, that actually jumped on my plate. I didn't want that, I didn't ask for that. You know that. So you have to kind of make sense of the analogy within real life until you can get to the point where you go, oh, actually that piece of food did not jump on my plate. I invited it because I was resonant with it. So I had to understand the concept of resonance within myself and then get honest because people are like, I didn't ask for that. I don't feel that way. To some degree, you did resonate with it. Otherwise, it would not have happened. But it's not there to prove you wrong. It's not there for you to be penalized. It's there for you to see within yourself what belief is active. That's it. That's it. And when you change the belief, it will not resonate with you any longer. So there's, there's full control. So I went down this very esoteric path blended with, you know, I used to teach kindergarten. So I'm very, I'm good about keeping it simple and, and obvious with sometimes very, you know, obscure esoteric concepts. I love it. I mean, and then there's also, what about the karmic piece, like the soul's lesson or the soul's evolution? Because there are certain things that happen that are atrocious, like people that are sold into sex slavery when they're infants or kids. And then they would say, well, I didn't choose to become a sex slave. Like, how did that happen to me? Like, what well, yes. would you say to those kinds of situations? Well, the first thing I would say is I would acknowledge it's never any person's fault. I'm not, right. there's no fault. I want the person to hear when atrocious things happen, it is not your fault. Okay. That's the first thing I want them to hear. Um, so you addressed a couple of different things. So, from a soul level, from a non-physical consciousness level, we, I believe, we decide on certain themes. How those themes express themselves depends on the person. They can change moment by moment because your consciousness is expressing itself differently and vibrating with different things moment to moment. So, you know, the experience of something atrocious may have been just one way in which you have decided to experience yourself with it. Because remember, when we leave this this reality, it's, it's we don't look at things the same way. Spirit isn't looking at source isn't looking at us going, that's atrocious. It just it just isn't the same perspective as it is when it's human. Um and it, it it's hard to understand unless you you back up and you sort of 
open your consciousness to more of who you really are. Um, karma. So karma is a term that we apply to a linear perspective. It means, so a lot of people think I, I live a life, I die, I come back. And somehow along this linear perspective, I'm, I'm being followed by negative energy because usually karma is a negative concept. No one says it with the terms of karmic love. They don't ever say that. They say in bad terms. That's a human perspective. Bad is a human perspective. Um, this may be a whole nother conversation, but um, time and space are a linear construct. Karma, really what karma is, is are you in alignment with your love-based source or not in any given moment? That's it. That's what karma is. Because the only thing you create is this moment of time. That's it. There's only one moment and it's now. There's no past. That's a human construct. Consciousness doesn't live in the past. It lives in, in moment, moment of now. And that's it. So that's a, that's a whole nother conversation. But ultimately, karma is, are you in alignment with that love right in this moment or not? That's it. That's it. I love it. Yeah, that's, <clears throat> it simplifies it. Because then it goes mm -hmm. back to the beginning. Like, are you in love? Or are you in fear? Mm -hmm. Yep. And in any moment, that's what you're choosing. You know, are you choosing love or fear? It doesn't matter what you did yesterday because that doesn't actually exist. The moment that exists is the present moment. Mm -hmm. So the karmic sort of karmic illusion is whether you choose to separate yourself from that love or not. That's karma. Yeah. I love that. Well, let's get into the infinite love questions. Okay. How do you express love in your work? Oh, gosh. I I get so excited to work with people and see them fall in love with themselves. I resonate with being my authentic self. And I know that that is enough in and of itself. And as I resonate with my authentic self, it gives my 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 students permission to do it themselves. And, mm -hmm. and I love that because I know immediately there's nothing specific I have to do, although I have a whole program and it's structured and whatever, blah, blah, blah. But, <laughs> you know, ultimately my job is to show up and resonate with my, with my authentic self and love. And, and, and they see that and they're like, Oh, I can do that too. So it becomes a mirroring exercise. Every time I'm spending a moment or two or three or an hour with a person, it's a, you know, how can we be mirrors of that love? Because ultimately everything else takes care of itself when you do that. Yeah, it does. If you can <laughs> stay in your heart, right? Because I feel like when, you know, when people say that, the ego mind could be like, well, what about this? And what about this? And I feel like that's where the, I don't want to say belief, but that's what where your conviction as an individual to stay in a space of love really kicks in. When you could really right. just be like, I'm going to stay in this space of love and allow my mm -hmm. love and my trust in my love to guide my life. Right. And that's not always a very logical decision because our minds are so used to logic and this is going to happen here. Well, if we think here. we're here to fix the world or fix other people, sure. I'm sure that seems illogical. We're not here to fix. There's nothing wrong. The people aren't broken. There's nothing, you know, and if the world isn't broken, it's easy to look at it from the human lens and go, oh my God, the blanks hit the fan, right? It's easy to do that. But you, if you're used to incorporating non-physical perspective, which is love-based, we're only here to express our authenticity in a love-based fashion. 
We're not here to fix other people. We're not here to fix our children. We're not here to fix our spouse. We're not, nothing is fundamentally broken. Now that's going to clash with a lot of what people are looking at. I fully understand that, but I'm asking you to come back as a listener <laughs> to stop going out in fear and to get right. caught up in the dialogue of what you're looking at and to roll back in to the heart space where you fully exist. I know what the listener's thinking. Come back in, come back home, come back to the heart space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's where the, that's where everything is. And the second question is, where has forgiveness created more love in your life? Forgiving myself for holding myself hostage in a place of pain for so long. Um, forgiveness is a, is a, you know, it's an interesting term depending on how you define it and how you look at it. But I think ultimately it's about a relationship with self and and forgiving myself for for you know keeping myself in a place that is other than fully in alignment um and of course there's always the conversation about you know forgiving other people but ultimately and that's not excusing the horrible things that happen that's never is it's not what forgiveness is about for me it's, it's about forgiveness is the movement energetically away from thinking about and keeping consistent i of what other people have quote unquote done to me or the way that things have gone wrong and moving back into this space of I understand that you know ultimately everything that has happened I will fully understand when I integrate back in the non-physical it will all make sense yeah and all my only job is to come back into this place of alignment and move forward from there that's my only job What is the most compassionate act someone has done for you? Um, it, what comes to mind is just seeing me whole when I haven't felt whole. Not seeing the hurt or the drama that I was projecting at the time, but seeing my wholeness and, and staying there and saying, it's all right. I totally are, you know, you are whole, even though you don't feel and complete. Have you worked with um, healthcare providers or coaches to help you, or is it really all self? Um, so, what's interesting is my pain point was when I talked about working with someone else and being trying to follow the their pattern and being so um, anxious that. I said, no longer will I follow anyone else's drumbeat. I will follow my own. And so I have, I listen to, I've got a couple people that I listen to because I know they come from a place of understanding the value of independence and, you know, expressing authentically who you are. And so I always go back to, I really want to spend for the next 50 years, commune with my higher self, commune with me and follow me and what resonates with me. Even if it's coming from an outside source, ultimately I am the authority on you know my passion so um it's it's mostly you know connecting with my inner being connecting with you know my intuition it's mostly that because that's the place i feel that i can do the greatest good Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, it's interesting because I feel like there's we're in a time when there's so many coaches, so many mm-hmm. shamans and energy healers and books. And I mean, it's so um, it's everywhere, which is great. Which I'm so excited that kind of a lot of this new age and woo woo and personal development, there's so many spectrums of how esoteric it can get and how practical mm-hmm. it can be and everything in between. Mm-hmm. That I feel like it's also quite overwhelming for someone that's trying to navigate to through their heart space to figure out what's the best for them. But I think the approach that you're talking about, really sinking into your heart, connecting to your intuition, will guide you to a book that maybe you need to read or a person that you need to talk to or you'll listen to a podcast or you mm-hmm. go on YouTube and all of a sudden the video that pops up is the video you need to see. There's so many ways in which life supports our growth that it's pretty miraculous in um, when you step back and realize, oh my God, life just put this in front of me for me to learn this. And mm-hmm. so, well, yeah. fundamentally, that's what I, that's what my intention was to create because coming from a standardized education background, it's standardized, right? And a lot of what you see in not everything, of course, but there's a large majority of things that are actually standardized personal development. They're based on a script. They're based on a box. If you can't fit in the box and the box you know, it doesn't seem to work for you. There's something wrong with you still. That's standardized education. Mm-hmm. So my intent was to take what I knew about the fault of that system, bring it over into spiritual development of person and personal development and say, how can I create something that is fundamentally about the individual that has some structure to it? So we can look at things through different lenses, but the, the majority of the process is based on the individual learning the individual ideas, the, like the individual is front and center. In fact, the people that I work with govern the pace, govern what we look at, when we look at, how we look at it. It's, I am there as a guide and a mentor. I'm not actually a coach because I have some connotations about the word coach. I'm a mentor and a guide, yeah. right? So I walk beside the person and I give them full authority to say, this is, you decide mm-hmm. how this is going to go. And, you know, not ironically, most people by the second session go, things are working so much easier for me. I'm like, no kidding. Cause I just said, you get, you get to state how this is going to go for you. Nobody, you are a sovereign being. And so I want to, we, you know, together we walk the sovereign path where they get to see for themselves how they create their own reality and the ways in which, you know, no one can stick their hand into their reality and start manipulating things for them that, that they have this immense power so basically i give it back to them because i never want someone to to look at me and say oh i you know she did this for me i say to them from the start i do nothing you do it all i want you to understand your power so you never look at somebody else and rely on them as if they're the guru like you may give them permission to be your guru but you're the one giving the permission it's you i've done nothing um, and is that why you have a connotation around the word coach? I mean, because the world, the coaching world has kind of exploded. So for me, one of the other things that I work with people on is we have to understand how we define things because how we define them creates mm-hmm. our interaction with them. So for me, coach, the person that I worked with was a personal development famous coach. And it was, a, it, it, it became, and even in, when you look at standardized education, the coach is the person who comes with the script and says, here's how you need to do it to get better. Like there's a there's a level of authority in the word coach that I want nothing to do with because I am not mm-hmm. the authority. 
I am walking beside you. And while I may have a particular perspective or knowledge that you find interesting, ultimately, you know, you have the power as the person walking beside me. I'm a mentor. I will give you information, whether, you know, if it doesn't resonate with you, we'll go from another perspective, you know, but I do not want to be seen as the one causing someone's results because that's what this guy did. He said, I'm the one causing results. It's me. If it's, you don't do it my way, it's a highway. It was like, it was a very dominant male position. And I, and I, you know, it's baloney. It's, yeah. it's all smoke and mirrors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Great. Um, the third question is, or fourth question. Uh, what do you love most about your life? <clears throat> I love creating. I love to be witnessing the creative process and how I um, have become entrained with my intuition and my higher self and how this wholeness of me gets to create in the physical realm. And I just get so excited about it. I love creating, writing books, having this conversation is a creation, right? It's a co-creation, right? It's so fun. It's like we get to meet and this third reality called the podcast is created in and it goes out and it causes waves and people feel good. And I just, I love creating. It's so fun. Nice. How do you feel you receive love? I had a hard time receiving love for a long time. And I thought it had to be something that was outside of me that was given to me. Uh, but now I understand that that duality was a misconception and that my reception is actually from my inner being. And if I receive all that I am, then I feel good. And then in that vibration, I go create more of the same, you know, like create, like energy replicates itself. And so I think the misconception was that I was supposed to receive from outside of me versus this relationship with my physical perspective, with my spiritual perspective. Um, the reception is receiving all that is, you know, the, the essence of me that is there that I have cut off. And, and, and I'm thinking it's not there because I used to remember having, picturing a hole within my core when I was younger. I'm like, something is missing. So I saw it outside of myself. I sought love from other, I, you know, I sought accolades. I sought approval, you know, just, it, it was this Hermione's purse. It was endless. You know, it was just the, the right. bottomless pit until one day I was like, oh, wait, I'm actually supposed to receive or be receptive to the love that I already have that is me. Oh, okay. That's a different story that I can control. Yeah, totally. And the last question is where has love created a miracle in your life? (laughs) Right here. This, this, like (laughs) every time I get to co-create with another individual, it is miraculous to me because it's fun and amazing and it just keeps like there's so much of it if you if you're in the vibration of love everything is a miraculous creation right like it's incredible if i go outside and see a bird that's a miraculous creation like it's it's so fun and it's 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 always expanding and always becoming more and it's it's endless yeah for sure how can people connect with you, find more information about the work that you do and sign up for your online course? Sure. So um, I have a website with just, this is my name, allisonsutter.com. And that has a lot of different portals, different places um, that they can go, 
you know, shoot out from there. I've been spending some time on Instagram because I like the format of picture plus, I know, a chance to do a short blurb or we do videos. Um, I have a YouTube channel, which I do live streaming. So it's streaming to YouTube channel, LinkedIn, uh, a Facebook group called um, Intuition, Your Everyday Superpower. So if, even if you just Google my name, something will interview or whatever, something will come up. And I just okay. think if there's a way a person wants to connect with me, follow your inner guidance. What feels exciting? What feels interesting? Well, thank you so much, Allison. This was such a beautiful conversation. I appreciate your time and your wisdom and your energy today. That's fantastic. Thank you. Sending you lots of love. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe and tune in on Tuesdays for new episodes. For more information about me, please follow me on Instagram at Corinne J. Camara and my website, CorinneCamara.com. Sending you lots of infinite love.